Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. You are very welcome to the Ireland's Birth Stories podcast. My name is Cora Gernon. I created the space for women to share all of the details surrounding their pregnancy, labour, birth and everything in between without feeling shy about the detail. Sit back and enjoy over 100 hours of birth stories told by you, the listeners. Good morning. Um, happy Monday. I'm recording this on the couch in front of the Christmas tree, which is lovely. But I yesterday was just a bit busy with, we got a new puppy the other day and it is most definitely harder than having a baby. Well, for me, um, I'm following her around. I wish I could put a nappy on her, but she slept all last night um, in her little crate and didn't soil it. So we're going in the right direction. Her name is Sally. And she is a very welcome addition to the family, although we are in shock at how difficult it is. Um, one of you sent me a message to say that you have a golden retriever and the word you used was intense when they're puppy. And that's exactly what it is. So anyway, on to this week's episode. I share my chat with Danielle, who talks me through her two pregnancies. Um, her first pregnancy was a twin pregnancy and she was admitted to hospital at about 30 weeks, 31 weeks um, due to preeclampsia. So she had an emergency C-section at 34 weeks because her symptoms got so bad that they had no option but to bring the twins into the world that little bit early. So she brought one of her girls home first. They were both in special care. Um, she brought one of her little girls home first and then the second twin, second little girl followed shortly after. So then she talks about like life with um, preemie twins at home, I suppose, that uh, she is a nurse, which did help. Um, and she talks about how she fed them and kind of the routine that really helped them um navigate life with with tiny twins um and then she goes on to talk about her second pregnancy and she was scheduled in for an elective section but I will let you share her gorgeous feedback story really really nice um she was actually scheduled in for the for her section went in for it and uh, everything was just so busy the hospital was so busy surgery was so busy and they said we would break our waters and see how things go and she had a really gorgeous positive experience 
So a really nice story this week. And I want to highlight um, a new business that Danielle has just set up. She has just qualified as a paediatric sleep consultant. um, And I will link her business details in this, her page and her Facebook details in the show notes, because uh, I really like supporting women who've just started out in new businesses and small businesses. It's tough going. So I will have another episode for you on Monday. So when you're going for your walk after your Christmas dinner on Sunday or just to get a bit of space, you'll have another birth story um, ready to listen to. And of course, from January, I will be doing releasing two episodes a week, which I'm really excited about. Um, if you'd like to support me and help me do that and make sure the podcast stays afloat, you can pop over to the link in the show notes um, and subscribe to Acast Plus where you can listen to the podcasts um, ad free and also just a little show me a little bit of support for the price of a coffee a month. Enjoy this week's episode. So, Danielle, you are very welcome to the Ireland's Birth Stories podcast. I'm delighted to sit down and have this chat. I think it's going to be a really important conversation. Um, you had a VBAC, so uh, yeah. we don't hear of many of those. I know there's a lot of people that would like to have one, so I think your story is going to be really interesting. So um, if you wanted to start by giving us a little introduction to you and your family and also mention what you do, and then we will talk about conception. Okay, thanks very much. Uh, so my name is Danielle. Um, I'm a mommy of three so I have two girls and one boy Um, I live in Wexford I work as a, a nurse and I've recently trained as a pediatric sleep consultant so I yes. started my own business yes. as that so that's what I'm doing I suppose Um, so I have twins for my first pregnancy so they're nearly four and then my little boy then is 18 months cool deadly yeah. <laughs> four yeah so I suppose I have the same the same well he was a little bit older but kind of the same age age how are they playing together Around. like they're sometimes they you know get on really well other times they fight all the time yeah, but yeah. I suppose starting play school this year has kind of they, they definitely seem to be coming out of their shell a little bit more so they'll be four say in February so just not four yet but um no like they're they're good like they, they do kind of stick up for each other when they're in when they're in groups so when they're on when they're on their own they they do fight a lot yeah <laughs> and it's really deceiving to other people because Oliver and Eva if we're out like they'll hold hands or they'll just be standing there cuddling people are like oh you're so lucky and I'm like no they knock the head off each other at home yeah. <laughs> behind closed doors so we have to have two of everything um yeah there's no like sharing is not really part of the vocabulary yet so it's two of everything and yeah just for quite life at the moment oh yeah so let's um chat about your first pregnancy twin pregnancy yeah so um yeah, I suppose found out we were expecting twins when I was about maybe 10 weeks pregnant, I suppose. So I was just referred into the early pregnancy unit and had to scan there. So that was a big, well, there was twins in the family, but still it was a shock uh, to find out it was twins. And everything went very well, I suppose. I did have um, gestational diabetes uh, diagnosed further on. So that was a bit of a pain trying to keep an eye on the blood sugars and it actually was diagnosed just coming up to Christmas of that year okay. so it was like oh no you know so trying to yeah. trying to be good over Christmas and and everything like that and then um everything was going well until about I suppose I was 30 weeks when the blood pressure just started kind of creeping up and uh, protein in the urine so I was diagnosed then with preeclampsia and I was admitted to hospital at uh, 31 weeks I was and I was monitored I, I stayed in then until they were born so I was monitored um, in hospital now my local hospital wouldn't have been um, able to deliver them 
before 34 weeks so I was transferred to a bigger hospital in case they arrived before then so I had to spend the first kind of two weeks in a hospital that was further away from home and then when I got to the 34 weeks then I was transferred back to my local hospital so at least I got you know got back closer to home um, and then yeah they were delivered then um, by emergency section at 34 weeks and one day Um so it was kind of every day I was kind of waiting to see are they going to deliver them today? Are they going to deliver them today? So it was just, you know, I suppose at that point I was on the highest dose of the medication I could be on for the blood pressure and it was still kind of getting higher and higher. And I was just feeling miserable with the, the headaches and everything that comes with the, the preeclampsia. So, um, yeah, I suppose even though... So uh, when you found out you were pregnant with twins... Yeah. Um, obviously you were being... Were you being monitored a little bit more closely? Yeah, I suppose having more regular scans and then like every time I would have went for my appointments, um, I would have I would have always kind of seen the consultant and the plan the plan early on in the pregnancy was to aim for a normal delivery um okay. with the twins. That was kind of the ideal. Then I suppose from about maybe the 20 week scan or that, um twin uh twin one was breach. Anyway, right. so it, it was going to, you know, and she, you know, she didn't, she didn't move like as it, as it happened, I suppose, all along. So it was going to end up in a plan section, regardless. But yeah, I was monitored more regularly. So I suppose I was having uh, weekly scans from about the sixteen week mark. Um, they weren't identical twins, so they didn't share a placenta. So I suppose the risk wasn't as high as you know mm. if they if they were sharing sharing a placenta. So there was no issues with growth or anything. Um, twin one was always a little bigger than twin two, but there was never any major concerns about their their development or anything. And you were saying there that you were admitted at thirty one weeks. Was that um, planned admission. So did you get the, the chance to prepare everything at home before you went? And so did you know you were going in and you could buy all the bits and, you know, just nest, I suppose? Or No, well, I suppose like because I knew I was having twins, I knew there was always a bigger possibility of them coming a bit earlier. So I yeah. was I was organized, I suppose. So we did kind of have everything like had the the nursery ready and everything was bought. It was first pregnancy, so it was great excitement. And I was probably I was well ready to be honest, like at home. So everything was everything was was ready. But no, it wasn't really a planned admission. I suppose it was more um I would have been going to a GP appointment and my blood pressure was quite high. Okay. And they sent me in just to get checked out in hospital and they ended up kind of keeping me from that stage and said look we're going to be keeping you now until until they're delivered so no it wasn't really planned but and I remember I saw so silly but like I had I had this rug at home in the sitting room and it was kind of you know one of these hairy you know kind of mats in front of the fire and I was just like obsessed with this my bringing my mother I was like when I say come early I didn't get a chance to clean the mat like so will you make sure the mat is clean you know like that was the that was in my mind um that I had well, that's hard because you know like little bits that you want to get done yeah. around your house or that you still have to take off the list even for yourself I'm yeah. sure you wanted to do things like yeah. oh, to meet a friend for lunch and you know get have your mat leave and yeah. you didn't really have that opportunity I suppose no um I had my I had I had my bag I suppose for for them like it's in the baby bag sort of mm. I had all their kind of bits packed but I had started my own bag but I suppose it was kind of you know you know I had still had a few bits to put into it but look I suppose we we got there in the end but no it wasn't it wasn't a planned admission so it was a bit and then when I was in the hospital for that length of time because I felt you know like I was on a ward with everybody kind of probably already had their babies and I was like you know felt like such a long time just waiting and waiting every day you know to 
just to know when they were coming, you know. But um, yeah, I suppose looking back, like looking back, sure, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a blur. But at the time, I remember just being kind of fed up in the hospital because mm. I felt I felt well at the start. It was just monitoring the blood pressure. I didn't feel I didn't have any symptoms with it, so I was just kind of eager to to get them there. But um, could you go out and about? Could you leave the hospital at all? No, no, oh, I couldn't okay. leave the hospital. No, they said if I had to have lived closer, maybe I could have went out for, you know, kind of day leave and come back in mm. the evening. But no, I was too far from the hospital, I suppose. Um, so they had to kind of monitor the blood pressure every four hours. So like it wouldn't right, have, okay. I suppose it wouldn't have kind of been worth my while to go anywhere. Now, a couple of times I think we did, there was, um, you know, a restaurant kind of across the road. So I think we did um, go across maybe once or twice for for some food, kind of just, just to get out. But no, I was mm. kind of there for the for the length of time but I suppose you kind of start to depend on your your laptop and your Netflix and all that kind of stuff to get you through like you know but um yeah but look I suppose it was in it wasn't that long in the grand scheme of things say it was only it was only three weeks I suppose you know but um it seemed like a long time at, at the time yeah absolutely and so yeah, when did you start to feel the change of body so start to feel unwell oh I'd say I was probably 33 weeks so okay. um, from about 33 weeks, yeah, I just it was just terrible headaches, just constant headaches um, and blurred vision. So just constant kind of stars in your eyes. You know, if you get mm. up too quick and you get that feeling, it was just constantly like that. So I was just feeling miserable then. From, and I was like, I was just ready, ready for them to come then because I just felt so miserable, you know. Um, so, yeah, it was just a constant kind of trying to get the balance between, you know, um, upping the medication for the blood pressure and, um, then obviously been conscious of the fact that you're pregnant and not wanting to take too much but um, yeah from about 33 weeks I suppose so there was kind of every day was kind of a it was just kind of a question like that they'd come around and do their ward round in the morning and it was like mm, will we do will we deliver them today or will we, will you hang on another day you know it was kind of I suppose they wanted them to stay in as long as yeah. as possible as well you know but um, yeah I was delighted to get to get back closer to home I suppose to get to get to the to the hospital closer to home so that was um it was great to get to the 34 weeks I suppose really you know so how did you feel while they came around to you and said okay today's the day I was like oh I I I suppose I kind of was like a bit I remember ringing like my husband and I was like I think I think they might be going to deliver them to the, you know but it was kind of it felt so surreal because we had been waiting like every day or they going to you know and um so he was working at the time and he was like will I will I finish up will I come into you like you know and I was like I don't know if we wait it's while and see maybe they won't like you know it's but he, he's he didn't he didn't listen to me anyway and he he and he finished up work and he arrived in and it was a good job he did because they actually like they delivered him quite quickly after after that like so it was good that he actually did come in because but um yeah I suppose I felt excited um and then I was I just felt really ready I was just miserable I suppose at that yeah. stage I just wanted I was done I was tired and I was I was um yeah just felt miserable you know and I always ask this question when you did have the cesarean section did they pull like did they say this is twin a this is twin b when they took the, when they came out um so I suppose well, just about the cesarean section, I suppose being a nurse, I had yeah, like yeah. a huge, like, I think I, you know, when you know too much about it. Yes. And I was dreading having, having a section. I was dreading it. I remember being a student, like in theatre, a student nurse in theatre. I remember seeing my first section and I thought, oh, sweet God, I'm like, this is just, you know, in, I just, I'll never forget it, you know. Um, so I was really nervous going for the section, I have to say. Um, and then because it was my local hospital and because I had worked in the hospital, 
I suppose I knew lots of the staff there and like you know I was kind of conscious of to know the way like you everyone was oh hello how are you getting on and I was like I'm actually really nervous you know but um uh yeah did they say yeah so they said uh so they like we, we hadn't found out um the sex of the babies right oh cool so, okay yeah I love that yeah was a surprise. so um yeah the doctor said um do you want oh, what did he say he just said like do, do you want to find out what your first baby is and we were like yes so they were like it's a girl and like you know lifted her up and whatever and like you know she looked a decent size and everything and she was fine and then um and what do you want to find out the second baby and I was kind of like you know of course we do uh so then you know that was you know obviously another girl so yeah just just said the first baby second baby and like we were well I was totally convinced that it was definitely a boy and a girl because all through the scans and everything there was always one baby much more active and one baby was much quieter and much more you know not moving as much so I I always thought it was going to be a boy and a girl so it was it was shocked like to know that it was it was two girls but um second twin then when they lifted her up was like oh my god she was tiny like you know she just looked so small um so yeah they they brought them I suppose straight to um you know you know to the kind of separate room and my husband was able to just go out and see them and whatever and then they took him away you know fairly quickly like and they my husband was with them then so um yeah it was kind of for that kind of little while it was you know a bit it felt a bit lonely maybe in in Mm. theater kind of because you're there on your own and like I was obviously wanted him to go with them but at the same time you know it was a bit kind of a bit lonely in there on your own but um yeah then I'm trying to remember now yeah so I don't think no, so I wouldn't have seen um, Ian then again in, in recovery. So it wasn't until I went back to the maternity ward, I suppose, that I saw him again. And then he was after being, they were brought straight to the special care and he was after taking a little video and everything of them. So I suppose I was, you know, I was able to kind of see them at that stage. But um, I didn't get to see them properly until that evening. So they were mm-hmm. born at, it was 1421 and 1423. So there was two minutes between them. And then it was it was that evening, I suppose, maybe seven o'clock or that, that I got to kind of go into the special care and see them. So yeah. And physically, how did you feel? Were you in were you in a lot of discomfort? Yeah, I was like, yeah, I mean, I was wheeled in in, in the bed. Like I wasn't like yeah. I was still, you know, I suppose still under the kind of, you know, anesthetic really. And yeah, I was, I suppose, uncomfortable at that stage. So they just wheeled me in in the in the bed and I just kind of got to I didn't get to hold them or anything it was just kind of to to see them both and yeah, it wasn't I suppose yeah pain wise I was um it wasn't until the next day I suppose that I started to kind of come to a little bit you know I felt really kind of groggy after the after the anesthetic and everything and um but yeah once I suppose it was good in a way then because I was I was on the ward obviously and then they were in the special care it was you know, it wasn't much but it was the other end of the corridor I suppose so I I from the start I was up and kind of yeah. walking up to them so I think that actually really helped in the recovery after the section because I was walking quite quickly after having it I think that stood to me because you know a couple of days I was fine do you know what I mean I felt I felt quite good um felt quite good after it yeah and like I didn't have any you know thank god the wound healed well and I didn't have any problems as such after the section but um but yeah it is a big you know it's a big surgery like you you know you maybe kind of don't realize how mm-hmm. How, um, how major a surgery it is like when you come home and everything like you know you do have to mind yourself you know and I've spoken to people before who had preeclampsia that apparently when the babies are born they it just 
literally like literally yeah. the, the minute that they, that they were born I was like oh it was just it, just like the stars just lifted from my yeah, eyes crazy. and that heaviness like across across your forehead was just gone like I just felt I felt so much better the minute they were born yeah it was it was crazy like um yeah it's crazy how, how quick it happened but mm. um yeah and straight away I was like you know blood sugars and everything went back to normal like you know after having them like you know um so it does put obviously an awful lot of pressure on your body like you know so when did you when did you have the girls by your side again and did they get out of um special care um so twin one uh Rosie was the bigger twin so she spent um 10 days in special care and Sophie then spent 14 days so they actually were discharged um at different times which was so I I came home I I I begged them to to keep me as long as they could because I didn't want to leave the hospital to you know when they were in there so to be fair they actually did keep me probably longer than I needed to be in there so I was I stayed in for probably about six days I'd say after the section and then I came home and um so we brought I was obviously going in and out every day a couple of times a day and then when Rosie came home first then that was like that was really hard like it, it was I didn't I didn't mind so much me coming home and leaving the two of them in there because I don't know I felt like as if they had each other in there yeah but then when I had to bring home Rosie and leave Sophie there like that was it was really hard I was I was so I was so upset like leaving leaving one one in there um and like the nurses were so good like they took like a little kind of family picture of both of us like and put it in their little you know incubators and everything and but yeah, so them couple of days were hard, like having one one newborn at home and one newborn in the hospital and trying to be there for both of them. But then like they they don't allow babies into the special care. So I couldn't bring Rosie in with me into see Sophie. So it was kind of trying to trying to manage that was tough for the few days. Yeah. You know? yeah. But um, and yeah, 14 days, I suppose, both of them were home, you know, at that stage then. So, so they would have been, what, 36 weeks? Yeah, yeah. So like now they didn't need, I suppose, um Rosie, even though she was the bigger twin, needed more help. So she was jaundiced, so she was she had kind of phototherapy and then she had um a CPAP machine for a little while just with her breeding, but um and both of then had the, the tubes in for feeding. Okay. But um once they got like once they got over kind of five pounds, like they were happy enough kind of for both of them to to come home and maybe maybe because I was a nurse as well they were a little bit more you know they kind of they say normally they kind of do this rooming in like with them so I would come into the hospital and stay with the babies in the hospital before you bring them home but they were kind of happy enough um that I didn't have to do that but yeah it was only weight really at the end that it was just to get them over the five pound they were happy enough for them to come home then yeah and so then was there a lot When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Which is okay for bottles or did you breastfeed you? No, I pumped. Um, I didn't. No, I didn't. Um breastfeed I pumped at the start um for both of them for about it's probably maybe six or eight weeks I suppose I pumped for them so when I was in the hospital it was great because they had the hospital grade pump and it was double pump and it was it was great and whatever but then when I was at home then uh, we actually ended up hiring um so I didn't know how long I was going to I suppose to do it for but I hired um a pump from one of the pharmacies and I pumped no it took them a while you know to Mm. to get on like because they were obviously been syringe fed for for a, a good while but um no they did kind of they did um they did kind of catch on quick enough with the, with the bottles you know but um it, they'd get tired very quickly so for like mm. a long time they'd start off maybe having the bottle feed but you'd have to finish the feed through the ng through through their nose because they wouldn't be able to kind of they just wouldn't have the energy to finish the bottle you know but um no, I never did actually um, even try to put them on the boob. I don't know why I was, I just, um, I liked knowing when they were so small, like they were just such small weights. I just, I liked knowing yeah. how much they had. Um, and I suppose it was always kind of, you know, it was so calculated in there, like, you know, however many mils per kg. And I suppose I just, I felt more in control of knowing that they were getting the minimum amount, you know, so um but I suppose I felt as if, you know, at least they were getting the breast milk, you know, um, with the pump. And, but yeah. And how were the first few weeks? Was it was it bedlam? Uh, bedlam, yeah, bedlam. But I suppose we did kind of early on, like we kind of got them on the same routine. So okay. we had them both kind of do feeds together, um, which was tough when they were small, because obviously you're trying to feed two small babies together. But um, like we had a lot of help. Like, so, I mean, my husband was off work for a few weeks and then like my mom was around and Ian's mom was around. So, um, yeah, like it was bedlam, but I suppose I'm glad that we did have them on the same routine because at least you had a bit of a gap then. Like, yeah, they'd both for, you know, a couple of hours then before the next feed. Whereas, um, I suppose even now, like it works on parents that I meet with twins and they're on like they're just finished feeding one and then they're feeding the next and you have no 
bit of a, a gap but yeah it was true it's just I can't I think I think your mind kind of blocks it out I don't yeah, really yeah, I don't yeah. really remember really like it's it's um it seems like such a blur but looking back like I was like god I don't know how did I do that with two small babies but um no she just do it like you do what you have to do and um yeah like they, they were they were grand like they were good like once they were fed like they did they did kind of settle like you know for the for the bit of time like in between um I suppose I was a bit kind of particular about you know having the routine and like when people would come to visit I'd be like no no you can't take them up now they're only gone down you know and I used to try and really kind of stick to the to the routine you know so that probably did stand by us you know absolutely yeah and it's it's it, it's great that you were like that because some people can't and you'd just be sitting there sweating and wondering when someone would leave or yeah. and not be able to yeah. say it. it would mess up your whole day if you're like it that would. routine type of person um yeah. yeah you need to stick by your guns a little bit especially with you because I mean like you just yeah you just can't like I mean it's you just can't it's it's I, I well that's how we survived was routine and everything <laughs> So when did you feel ready, I suppose, to to add to your family? Uh, well, I probably would have I probably would have went straight away. Nearly I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. let, let's go again. You know, so it took a bit of maybe convincing for my <laughs> my husband to <laughs> but um no, I suppose the twins were born in um February 2019. And then I can't even remember when I, I don't know they they weren't two anyway when when Jack was born so uh, okay. he was born in June oh no they were just gone to he was born in June 21 um so just two years say so I was pregnant kind of when they were two I think I don't know my maths is <laughs> I don't know I don't know it's all a blur, <laughs> I don't know anyway. how old they were um <laughs> but I suppose I had in my head that I wanted to kind of keep the gap small I wanted to kind of I I I I wanted to have like to do it all together like you know yeah. everybody is in nappies and you're finished nappies and you know I couldn't imagine having in that's just my own opinion I couldn't imagine having like a 10 year old who's able to do a lot for themselves and then go back to the baby stages like so I just kind of thought okay we'll have a couple of busy years but then you know once we're out of the stage we're we're out of it you know yes <laughs> <laughs> I've no nappies now I've no nappies anymore I've no I've I've nothing apart from a, a cot upstairs that has anything to do with those years, and I I don't think I could I, I I'm not going back, but I think I've left it so far now. It's only two and a half years that I couldn't go I couldn't go back to that anymore. Yeah. I think yeah. when you're in the kind of that bubble, it's like I know it's hard. People say, "Oh God, like three under three, but like it's I would rather just you know do it all together. And when you're in yeah. that phase of not sleeping and doing everything, and then you know you're you're done then, I suppose. And they're all grown up together as well, you know. Yeah, there was a big gap, I suppose, in my family. Like there was eight years between me and my next sister. Okay, so I like I suppose I always just thought it was there we gone well everything, but I always just thought it was nice yeah. to have you know for for the gap to be a bit closer, like you know. But um, yeah, so yeah, um, just under the two years, I suppose. Yeah, so um pregnant with Jack yeah and I suppose the first thing was like you know is it twins again and, you yeah. know that was the the first question but uh, so just because I suppose the history of twins they again referred us just to the early pregnancy unit um but no it was a single uh single baby um and I was like to, to be honest I was I was just silly but I was probably a little bit disappointed that it was a single single <laughs> baby I was like I always had like that I wanted four kids okay so four was number and I was like yeah sure if two sets of twins be fine like you have four babies and you have to do it twice Done. two pregnancies yeah. great 
But uh, not that I was disappointed, but it was kind of a little bit like, no, twins would be nice again, you know, but I got over that as well, I suppose. But um, yeah, so totally different experience than having one, you know. Um, I had nothing to compare it to because it was just, it felt so, so different, like not having two babies kicking and not having, you know, feeling two different sets of movements and um, obviously not been as big. So I felt much better during the pregnancy because I wasn't, you know, um, there was only one, but... Um, yeah, still had, I suppose I was under, I was it no, I actually wasn't under the same consultant because the first consultant was just for higher risk pregnancy. So it was a different kind of team I was under, but, uh, again, you know, in comparison, like only probably had like three scans, like in the whole pregnancy, as opposed to being scanned every week. So I found that kind of strange. I was like, mm. you're not going to scan me again, you know, but, um, yeah, no, like no problems during the pregnancy, no um, preeclampsia, no gestation, diabetes, nothing um, at all with the single pregnancy. So again, the aim kind of from the start was, no, no, I tell you no, but they asked me at about maybe, uh, was it the 16 week or 20 week appointment or something, you know, about delivery. And I was like, yeah, I think I'd like to have another section. Um, I think I'd I'd be happy to, to have a second section and, you know, the risks of, you know, your scar rupture and what have you with a you know normal delivery that no I'd um and I'd like to know the date and I have two small kids at home and you know it would suit me better. So um they didn't try to talk me out of it or anything like you know but um so the plan all along was to have a planned section. That was the, the plan. And as time went on I suppose the weeks went on and whatever and um I got a date for my section then it was I was it was 30 I was 30 going to be 39 weeks. So they said, you know, we'll bring you in on, we've booked in for Thursday. So this could have been the Tuesday or something, the clinic. And no, I was booked in, say, the week before. And then I went into the clinic on the Tuesday. And they said, um, theatre is very busy on Thursday. And um, when you're booked in for your section, will you come in on Wednesday instead? And I was like, yeah, sure. It's grand. It's no difference. Do I'm ready? Like, so arrived into the hospital. This was, was during COVID then as well, obviously. So my husband was, wasn't allowed in and whatever. So um, arrived in at, say, seven or whatever. I had to be in early in the morning. And they started doing all the pre-admission bits and bloods and whatever. And uh, then the doctor came around again and said, like, theatre's really busy now today. And, like, you're not going to be brought down until last thing this evening. And, like, this was, like, really early in the morning. I was like, God, I'll be fasting all day. And, like, my husband's outside in the car. I was thinking to myself, you know. Um, so then she's like, when you're here, like, do you want us to just break your waters and see what happens? And I was like, what? Like, it was wasn't part of the plan. Like, so I said, oh, sure, look, maybe, like, when, when I'm here, sure, might as well give it a go. So... Yeah, like it was very favorable and they broke my waters, no problem. And then they, what did they do? Oh, yeah, so just kind of left me then for a couple of hours and um, examined me then. And yeah, like I was kind of progressing then. Like, so it was about, I kind of went to three centimeters and then they brought me down to the labor ward then and started the drip on me. And so my husband was allowed in at that stage then because I was in, you know, active labor, I suppose. And yeah, just and so hold on, very, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> how did you how did you feel like because obviously you said you, and you're a nurse how yeah. did you feel about like what 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 kind of one of the reasons why you were going for the the c-section was like obviously the risks involved so when you were feeling yeah. these contractions how did you feel were you, was that on your mind at that stage or were you just like oh I'm doing this no I think I was just like oh, I'm doing this like I was like yeah. geez like like I just it was probably a, my personality was kind of probably suited me not to have that I didn't know about it it was kind of I didn't have time to worry about it or to think about it it was just it was just sprung on me so quickly and it just kind of happened and um 
no, I don't think I really did think about the, I don't think I really did think about the risks of it. Like once it started happening, I wasn't, I wasn't really, no, I don't think I was. My okay. head wasn't really, I wasn't thinking about it. I was more so thinking about, oh my God, I can't believe this is actually, I can't believe I'm going to have, like, like <laughs> yeah. I can't believe this is, I'm going to actually have this baby, like naturally, you know? Um, but um, then, what happened there? Then, um, yeah, yeah, so they put me up on the drip. And when they put me on the drip, it was like, went from zero to a thousand in like 10 minutes. And I thought, I am going to die. Like, I just, it was just horrific, like horrific. And I was like, I need an epidural, like now. And um, they had, I had three attempts at the epidural, um, two failed, the first two failed. And eventually the third time it worked anyway. So I suppose... Once the epidural kicked in, I was feeling a lot more comfortable and, you know, happier, I suppose. And yeah, like it just, I mean, like it just happened so quick. Like, I mean, he was, he was born then at like 20 past four, like that day. Like, so it was just going in at seven o'clock thinking I was having a section and then, yeah, normal delivery then at four o'clock that day. So like in hindsight, I was delighted that it happened. Like I was delighted to have the, the VBAC in hindsight, but like. And the recovery was just like was so much easier. But like, no, I I think I don't know why I did. I don't know why I I don't know why I kind of hadn't considered it. Like when I was pregnant, yeah. I think it was just I like to be organized, and I think I just I hated the idea of going like forty weeks, forty one weeks. Oh God, how far would they let me go? Do you know, like how will I get like how will I arrange for someone to mind the the kids? How will yeah, I who will I arrange? It was more the organization of it, I think, was why I actually wanted the section because I was I knew I could I could have like I could have a plan in place, I suppose. Mm. But um yeah, I suppose it all like it all worked out well in the end, you know. And what position were you in when you gave birth? Uh I was on my back, just yeah, just on my back. Um yeah, like there was nothing I just I didn't have time to think about it. I know like there was no birth plan, there was no nothing like mm. that because I just it just it just happened so quick like um and we even shocked like so obviously he did he come up onto your chest and we we even we shocked or did you get to feel that like oxytocin rush no I think I was just in shock I just got my husband I was like well first of all I was like again like I was like I don't know I just I'm I, no I don't know I, I I thought I thought it was a girl again and we hadn't found out and they said it was a boy and I was like what it's a boy and I was like I just couldn't believe this I was more shocked about this I think than than anything and I just kept saying to my husband, I was like, I, I had this baby myself. Like I didn't have a section. Like I just, it just was felt a bit surreal. Yeah. But yeah. um, yeah, like, yeah, I didn't have, I suppose if I, if I, I, you know, if I had have had more time to think about it, I would have been more like worried about everything that could have happened. And I would have been mm. more, I'd like this to happen and I don't want this and I want this plan, but I just didn't have time to think about it. It just happened so quick that it just, um, yeah, it just it just all happened so quick. But yeah, no, I definitely like felt that kind of. I remember saying to the nurse like before before he was born, like you know, I was like, uh, I don't think I don't think the epidural is working anymore. <laughs> and she was like, I remember she was like, No, no, that's normal now. You know, it doesn't. You know, you will feel something. I was like, Are you sure? Can we turn it up a little bit? You know, um, I wasn't expecting to feel anything. I don't know, but um, yeah, no, like I suppose it all it all um. All just happened so quick, but it was totally different. Like, I mean, been able to kind of have him hold him straight away, been able yeah. to like he was he was fine. He, there was no issues, weight, anything. So like I had him with me from the get go. Um, 
been able to breastfeed. Everything was just so different, you know, at the start, like, you know, that that first few hours even, you know. Um, so how was his first first latch then? And why did you decide to to breastfeed him? Did you? Sorry, did you no, think about again? It, it wasn't a wasn't no. Pregnant. It hadn't. It wasn't like a planned thing. I just said, oh, like I'll give it a go this time. Maybe when it's only one baby, you know, I'll I'll give it a go. Um, like I didn't have any expectations. I kind of said, like I'm not, you know, I'll, I'll see if it works. If it doesn't work, I wasn't, you know, too. I wasn't going to kind of put myself under pressure to do it or anything. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I suppose it just it just felt natural because he was up on my chest and he was just, you know, um nuzzling around looking for the boob kind of straight away you know so um yeah like he latched on fine like he he was he was really good like um and yeah like he fed away and he was he was grand and daddy got a hold of him and yeah like everything he, he was he was he was really good like he was really kind of content um and yeah there was no like there was no issues with him. He was he was great. He was good. He was a good baby. He fed well, and we were home within twenty four hours. I was um, going to say, I bet you were home yeah. in like an hour. <laughs> yeah, no, and I was like, I was like, can I, can I, can I go tonight? Like, I will stay in tonight. Like, stay, stay in, in yeah. tonight. Yeah. I went home the next day. Then so, great. Sure, he was flying. There was no not a bother on him. You know, um, he didn't even. I think he lost like ten like an ounces or something. Not nothing. Like you know, he was he was very good um no John just everything was fine and yeah um how were you when you got head. home huh how were you when you got home so what's it like what does the postpartum look for you do you look how does it look for you do you want to stay in and around your bed or are you I suppose with the twins you kind of didn't have the option are you downstairs and um mm, no downstairs I suppose with the twins I I didn't I didn't want to leave the house like I just okay. wanted to keep them all here and close and I didn't it took me like a long time to actually go anywhere with the twins and it's, you know especially then even going anywhere on my own with them that was a big yeah a big thing because there was two of them but anyway but no I, I like just being in my I didn't I don't like I didn't like going anywhere I liked just being in in the house but no I was downstairs no I was downstairs and then I suppose with the twins and it was totally different because like they they were where I mean like with Jack when the twins were there like it was different because you had to kind of do your day-to-day things you know with them and they obviously needed you know attention as well but but like the recovery after having the VBAC was just totally different you know to the section like I was you know even down to driving and you know pain wise I mean I, I felt I felt fine like in a couple of days you know as opposed to it was a couple of weeks after the section before I was you know back to myself but um yeah, no, I would have been downstairs, but would have, you know, the way you'd have your little kind of area that, that was your kind of little yeah, yeah. snug area, you know. But um, I suppose then because he was a summer baby as well, and uh, I kind of did get out quicker with him as well, and I was out and about more. And then to add to the to the stress, we actually, we started building a house and we broke ground the day that Jack was born. The digger was actually oh, wow. in, so that was... um. So yeah, I suppose it was up and down at the site and yeah, like it was out definitely out and about quicker with him. Mm. Um probably because of the VBAC and because of having the two kiddies as well. You know, you had to kind of be be doing more. But but like it felt good. Like, I mean, you know, I suppose you know a little bit more what to expect. Like yeah. the second one, it's just such a huge shock after your first baby or babies, I suppose. It was it took me a lot longer to kind of get back to myself like after after the first um but 
no, I was I was better prepared for the the feelings and all the emotions and the tiredness, and I was a, a, a bit better prepared, I think, for the second time around. Yeah. And how did breastfeeding continue? Did you did you did you are you still feeding him now? No, um, no, I'm not. I um, no, I fed him for about oh, I'm gonna say two months around around the two months, and then I started pumping. I suppose at that stage as well, he just I felt like he just wasn't content enough on the feeds. Um, I was kind of I started giving him one top up after one feed of formula, and then it kind of progressed to a second top up and a third top up. And then before I knew it, he was, he was starting each feed on the breast and he'd feed, but then he was needing a top up at the end of every feed nearly before he was content. But um, I pumped in for another few months and yes, was moved on to bottles exclusively then at about um, about six months, I suppose altogether. Yeah. But pumping um, is is tough when you're pumping, like pumping and not, they're not necessarily on the breast. That's tough going. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. Um, it is, and it's double. Like it's it's double the work. I mean, you're kind of mm. still doing your sterilizing, and you're yeah. trying to get up at the time. It's, it's, not so much with Jackie was a little bit more, a, a little bit older when I went to pumping, but with the twins, I suppose, like you were waking yourself. Even if they didn't wake, you'd have to kind of. I used to set my alarm, kind of for. Mm. I'd pump kind of for half an hour before they'd wake to have the, the milk to give them for that feed. Do you know what I mean? So it was it was it was heavy going with them now. Um, and then even when they started kind of sleeping a bit during the night to kind of keep up my my um, supply, I suppose I was kind of conscious of still pumping at night time, you know, to kind of mimic the, you know, yeah, baby feeding. Right. So, um, yeah, it is it is tough going, I suppose. But I suppose, look, it's everybody's different. But like for me, I just I I um, liked knowing how much they were getting. I just mm. it was just something in me that I just um I know like you have other ways of looking at it and their output and whatever, but I just, I liked feeling that I kind of was, had a bit of control over how much they were actually taking. So I felt better about pumping because I knew that they were having a certain amount, you know? Um, but yeah, I suppose up until, six, up until about six months. Yeah. And then moved him on to formula. Then when he was, he kind of started on the solid scene and he went to formula. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That was lovely. That was really cool. I th- I didn't I didn't realize that it was so um unplanned. I knew I knew that they were under pressure that day. It was in the theater, but I didn't realize even the breastfeeding thing is cool that you're just like, "Oh yeah. Yeah, give it a go." It yeah, nice. just go, yeah, just go with it. Like I kind of yeah, I suppose yeah, like every like everyone's personality is different, but it kind of suited me, I think, like, you know, that if I'm not given too much of a too much of a time to think about it, um mm. It suits me better. I just, I just, I just, I change my mind so often, like that I'd be him and hawing. Will I? Won't I? Yeah, Will I, I do this? Yeah. You know, so I, if I'm not given too much time to think about it, it suits me a bit better. I think. Cool. Thank you. Uh, thanks very much. It was nice okay, to have all. a chat. Thank you. Uh, go to bed. Yes. It's a bedtime yet. It's nine o'clock. I think. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Trying, yeah. Nine o'clock is my bedtime. I'd oh yeah, I'm out cold in about ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's all right. Thanks very much. Bye. Appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Wishing you all a very happy Christmas and I will chat to you on Monday with a brand new episode. Take care. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.